This is Radio Plasma, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Welcome to Radio Plasma. I'm Johan Rashivega, and here we are in our studio of New England Media Lab inside Gateway City Arts in Holyoke. And I want to welcome El Oso Azul. Hola, I am El Oso Azul. I am East Hampton's luchador. It's good to meet you. Good to see you again, Johan. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Oso Azul. And just to give the context of the meaning of the name is the blue bear. Yes, the blue bear. Um, El Oso Azul is a uh, luchador character. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Lucha Libre, Lucha Libre is um, literally translated means free fighting, but it actually is uh, the Mexican form of wrestling. El Oso Azul has been around East Hampton now from about 2016, I think is when um, El Oso Azul made his first appearance. But El Oso Azul has now become part of the Attack Bear Press family. Um, he is is part of an art project that we do to try to introduce people to the cross-cultural art form of Lucha Libre and to talk to people about Chicano heritage, uh, Mexican-American heritage, and kind of how the art form grew from really a trans-border experience that was happening around the 1920s in the southwest of the United States. And one interesting aspect about Lucha Libre particularly talking about the whole movement of Lucha Libre in Mexico. Back in the 1960s, there were iconic characters like Santo and Blue Demon, who were basically the superheroes of Mexican folk. And they had really strong values, and they were role models for the kids growing up. And even today... That legacy still remains alive. Pretty much the whole movement of Lucha Libre, I think, is that big because of the legacy and the, the example of what El Santo and Blue Demon, among many others, created oh, yeah. in the 60s in Mexico. Yeah, in don't, don't forget uh, Gordy Guerrero and his kids, Chavo Guerrero. Uh, Chavo's one of my personal heroes when it comes to the form. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Rey Mysterio. I think he yes. is <laughs> he's an incredible athlete. And it's interesting because Rey Mysterio actually made the, the transition to the United States along with a lot of, a lot of luchadors. Um, it's fascinating to me that... You know, there's this, you know, art form. It, like I said, it was about 1924 when a gentleman by the name of Salvador Gonzalez was in El Paso um, and he was checking out the uh, American wrestling scene. The, um, all, all of what we would know as contemporary wrestling, whether it's Lucha Libre or whether it's, you know, U.S. wrestling or Japan wrestling, which is the other big circuit, really stems from the South America and North American carnival circuit. Um, the, it started as um, kind of test your strength against a strong man. You know, come and wrestle a bear, literally. It's one of the reasons, uh, along with, you know, us being attacked bear press, but it was one of the reasons that we, we chose El Oso Azul was, you know, there, there would be these events where it'd be like, come and wrestle the circus bear. Um, and these, these things would go on for hours and hours and hours and hours and sometimes days. 
but it was uh, Salvador Gonzalez who uh, was in El Paso in 1924, and he saw kind of this shift that was happening in the Mexican or the American carnival circuit, U.S. American carnival circuit, to longer storylines, these kind of grudge matches against various characters. It's where we start seeing like the introduction of the heels and the faces and how you know you would build these characters up and they would be much shorter bouts um and he said you know i want to take this back to mexico and so he goes and he starts uh the emll if i'm if i'm not mistaken was the first iteration um uh, which later became the cmll which you know to me it's incredible because the cmll is the longest running sports firm in the world it's you know it has been in continuous operation since he founded it in 1924 and that's you know it's an incredible feat just to keep anything going that long but to keep a sporting thing going that long um and he introduces uh el santo uh, he introduces uh chavo uh he introduces gordy the dynamic duo of chavo and gordy the tag team matches uh, the tag team group and they they literally they become superheroes they they become you know Ch- uh, El Santo's films if you've never seen El Santo's films they're amazing <laughs> like um, you know they're uh, he had a comic book series that I think ran for thirty six volumes and I, that doesn't just mean uh, individual issues that meant volumes of issues it was relaunched over and over and over again something like one hundred and sixty four films uh, I mean he was literally this iconic character that was somewhere between like. Superman and just like a mythical hero. Um, El Santo in particular, like I think he has one of the most incredible stories. He was a, a gentleman who literally, and I'm going to refer to him as El Santo because that's part of the, the mythos around this character was that, you know, he would, it wasn't until I think it was a week after his final, he did a, him and Gordy did a kind of retirement tour. And up until that point, no one had seen his face. No one, even his, his traveling companions, he would book separate hotel rooms. He had a sleeping um, mascaro that he would wear. Like no one knew what this gentleman looked like. And it was a week after his final bout that he was on, um, Oh, the name of the show is gonna gonna escape me. But he's on a, essentially a talk show, and he lifts his mask halfway so that the world could see his face. And I think it was a week later after that he ended up passing away. Tens of thousands of people attended his funeral, like, and he was buried in his mask and his and the iconic cape. And it was this kind of incredible moment in which really a myth was laid to rest. It's hard to explain that outside of of you know, the cultural context in which it existed. But, you know, for me, I grew up, I was born in a little town called El Centro, which is about a mile from the U.S.-Mexican border down near Mexicali, Calexico. Um, I grew up in East, East Los Angeles. And so you would watch... The CMLL at 11 o'clock at night came on channel 34. (laughs) And uh, you would watch the the WWF at 2 in the afternoon on channel 5, KTLA. And to see this incredible, like, interconnection between these these characters and to understand that it really, for, for someone like me, you know, one side of my family is... Mexicano, Chicano, that's Cape Verdean, and then my dad is uh, Scottish and British. But to see this kind of connection between two very different cultural heritages doing doing surprisingly the same things, and then you'd see characters from, you know, 
the WWF go down to the CMLL and you'd see the CMLL characters come up to the United States. And for me, when we started talking about, well, how do we introduce people here in New England who are very much outside of this culture that exists across the Southwest to this really trans-border thing, how do you introduce them to that? Well, for me, it was, it was easy. It was like, well, I guess I'm a luchador now. And we wanted to honor it without appropriating the art form. Um, and so what we do is El Azul doesn't wrestle. He's retired. Um, <laughs> he does uh, a series of art events, one of which is El Azul's Booth of Love and Life Advice. And we did that at Cultural Chaos in 2018 um, and had a great time doing it and what we think think of uh, the the peanuts booth the psychiatry booth on El Azul is there to provide love and life advice to the people of the Pioneer Valley um, and how to address your life using luchador values of mm -hmm. honesty justice truth and standing up for the little guy we also do another event um, called El Azul's Arroyo of Mythical Creatures. Um, we just did this one for um, Art Walk 2019. We did it up in Belchertown with the Belchertown Cultural Council. So big shout out to Belchertown. They're great folks in which we created a series of um, mythical creatures from both Chicano heritage, U.S. indigenous heritage, and we set them up and talk to people about, you know, where do these creatures come from? Like, what, what's their mythology? With the idea that we wanted to demonstrate that, you know, right now during these very, you know, very difficult times, I mean, let's, let's not pretend that, you know, we have Hispanic culture, Latino culture, it is very much a part of the fabric of the U.S. Um, it is very, very much, you know, a part of the fabric of the U.S. Um, there's that, that great quote that, you know, the U.S. came to us, we didn't come to the U.S., um, you know, because it was part of the westward migration after, you know, the Mexican-American War. We saw Alta California, a lot of the Southwest folded into the fabric of the United States, and uh, it wasn't an easy transition, you know, and, but there are folks who, you know, when they ask, like, well, you know, your family's Mexican-American, where, like, where in Mexico are they from? And I'm like, well, this, uh, this element is from, you know, Sierra Mojado and Chihuahua, but the rest of them are from here. <laughs> like, you know, we, they're, you know, they're Shumash and they're, they're Hispanic. And it's, it's fascinating to me to, to have this amazing art form that kind of demonstrates that and shows that, you know, the first Mascaro or the first mass luchador uh, was actually a Texan who was brought down by Salvador. Um, and he kind of looked around and said, crap, I got this white, red-haired guy, <laughs> I can't have him beating up on my, you know, even as a heel, I can't have him beating up on my heroes. What can I do? And he's like, I'm going to stick him in a mask. <laughs> and so he puts a mask on uh, on this guy, and that's kind of the launch of, of the mask luchador, because not every luchador has a mask, but when we think of lucha, luchadors, we usually think of uh, el masqueros, we think of those who wear masks. And how, you know, this kind of back and forth, it's, you know, you watch the WWE now, which is, you know, the, the US, what was the WWF, and you'll see, like, I think Chavo's son is now, um, uh, this would be the grandson of Gordy, is now wrestling in the WWE. I know Rey, uh, Rey Mysterio is now in the WWE. There, there's all of these characters that, that come from these iconic lineages going back in the CMLL 
you know, years and years who are now making this crossover into a market that may not understand them. And it's, it's, it's great to, to see, like, when you watch a WWE event, to see, you know, fans cheering on these, like, iconic Mexican heroes and going, like, okay, like, let's keep this going. <laughs> let's keep this going outside of the ring. And that was really kind of why we brought this to life. You know, initially, and I'm, I'm a little ashamed to admit it, I was actually wearing, um, initially I had been wearing um, a blue demon mask. <laughs> yeah. But we uh, reached out to uh, a great uh, mask maker in Tijuana by the name, he's a Romero's mask shop, and I've got to give him a shout out. Um, Romero does amazing work. If you're looking for a Christmas present, try Romero's mask shop. <laughs> he does amazing custom work. He worked with us. He designed the mask that I'm wearing now, and it's actually actually a performance mask so um it's not batted it's it's really it's very comfortable to wear but yeah Romero you know big shout out to you thank you so much muchas gracias for for what you did for us and you know that idea that these these borders that divide us are are really they're they're made up in so many ways and they're not representative of I think really what what are we all want truth justice and liberty and freedom and to look at this, the history of this art form and to see it so beautifully encapsulated, I feel honored to be able to share even just a fraction of that with, with the people of Western Mass. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really where El Oso Azul came from and kind of what he's looking to do. We'll be doing a new um, El Oso Azul event coming up in uh, November. We're going to be back out with the booth, you know, providing love and life advice. And if you've gotten love and life advice from El Oso Azul, I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> so you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Attack Fair Press. You know, it's really one of our favorite events. Uh, it's really one of our favorite things that we do, not just because I get to pretend to be a superhero for a while, but, you know, when you put a mask on a kid and you see them embody that and see them, you know, connect with it you know i we had done an event with the uh the pto or the pta in northampton and i had some kids who were were new to the area they were from um, san antonio and they saw me there and they they were just so excited and they knew they knew the characters names and one of them called me out and i really appreciate because i hadn't got my i hadn't got the eloso azul mask yet and he's like you're wearing the blue demons mask and i was like uh you're absolutely right but here's the reasons but to see that connection and and it, it's beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful thing. And we, like I said, we feel really, really honored. You know, there's, a, there's just a myriad of, of amazing luchadors out there right now. I came in here specifically to, to say if you want to learn more, there's a, a great luchador right now by the name of the Red Dragon um, who wrestles in the CMLA. He's been injured for the last year. He, he hurt his knee, and he's been um, on, you know, really hustling to try to come back and, and you know, if, if you want to find him on Instagram and Facebook, give him a shout out. He's a, an amazing, you know, just amazing athlete for one. I mean, I can't do half of what, what he does, but also, you know, he enters the ring. It's him and his daughter um, that enter the ring every time. And he is, he wears a costume from the Mexican revolutionary times and it's it's a beautiful thing that really I it, every time I see his entrance I could watch his entrance and not actually watch his matches. It's so beautiful. Like so, go go find him and tell him that you know New England's rooting for him. <laughs> As you describe the reaction of children seeing you, particularly when they know the iconic mask of a luchador, 
that is something that connects immediately with their roots, with their identity, with their culture. How has been the reactions that you have seen in children and community in general here in Western Mass, in New England, where they're not familiar as much as people in the Southwest and Mexico, of course, But how are their reactions to it? How do they feel when they interact with El Oso? Um, it's really kind of beautiful, actually. The first question I always get is, you know, do you wrestle? Like, when's, when's your next match? And I'm like, I'm retired. <laughs> El Oso is retired. But, you know, to see folks who want to learn more, and it's such a great way for people to have entrance into a larger conversation. It's strangely disarming. I'm, I'm, I'm six, foot, six foot tall, about 230 230. Um, I'm, I'm a large man. And you would think that a large man wearing a, a kind of a, a mask would, would scare people, but they don't, especially New Englanders. They're like, oh, what's this? Like, what, like, and then you can have that larger conversation and you can kind of engage in that. And, you know, the kids in particular, not just those who are very connected to the sport, but also those who, who know it kind of tangentially because, you know, it's become a larger cultural uh, uh, milestone. Like, you know, there's a kid's show uh, about little luchadors and they, they know it because they've seen it and they may not know exactly what it is, but they, they're engaged by it. And so it's, it's, it's really interesting. And to have that conversation, you know, where you can say like, you know, you may know this, you may have seen the look, you may have seen the aesthetic, but let's talk about what it is and let's talk about where it comes from and let's talk about how it connects us. For me, it's joyous. Like it's, it's a joyous moment to, to stand by and, and get to talk to people. And it's been really good. I mean, <laughs> the adults have been delightful, but you know, I'm, I'm also 41 years old. So if you see me out and about, if you see a little out and about, please don't try to put me in a headlock. I am an old man. <laughs> I'm a very old man. But um, I, I, you know, it's, it's been wonderful. It's been, it's been really wonderful. And, you know, it, it's something that I think transcends a lot of the rhetoric that's out there right now. And, And for me, at least personally, and what we try to do with the Bear Press is a lot of what we try to do is demonstrate our similarities. We want to talk about issues and problems and challenges, but we also want to say to people, like, you know, there's more that connects us than that separates us. There is more that we have in common than we have in difference. And although you see me in, in this costume, you know, you see me in this mask, I guarantee you, you know the spirit in which we're, we're here and we're, when we're talking. And it's, you know, I'm actually surprised how many people like come up and are just like, okay, I want, I want love and life advice from a luchador. I want to know. And you start explaining the values and something clicks. Like they're like, yeah, that's that. Yes, 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 yes. And that's really the reason to keep putting on the mask and going back out there. And, you know, there's, I had, a gentleman come up to me when I was in Belchertown and, you know, he's like, do you ever feel like you can't do this here anymore, you know, with some of the challenges that, that face us? And I'm like, no, you get back up. That's, that's the, the chief, like, kind of the, the chief philosophy of, of, every, of every luchador is you get back up and you keep fighting. And it's, it's just, it's really inspirational for me personally and to try to do art in our community and to try to share our take on art in the community, which sometimes, you know, isn't what you look around and see 
everywhere throughout the Pioneer Valley, you know, um, but to know that people embrace it and they want to know more and they want to learn more, it, it keeps us going. It really keeps us going. <laughs> so it makes total sense that you are the ambassador of Attack Bear Press because it's not only about the connection with the names. Yes. It is also how you connect a very specific form of art, which is Lucha Libre, mm -hmm. with everything that is involved with it, identity, culture, values, aesthetics, oh, skills, yeah. a beautiful show. Oh yeah, it's a gorgeous show. <laughs> And then incorporate it into a whole movement that is a representation of art, creativity, And again, creating a show, creating something that is fun, that it has values, that it has representation, and that is available to everyone. Yes. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it surprised me initially how well it tied to our overall mission and our, our overall philosophy as an, as an arts organization. Not just the idea of truth and justice and you know, forward momentum that's based on overcoming adversity and challenge, but also the idea that, you know, when we all come together to watch something beautiful happen, you know, because Lucha Libre, is, it's a beautiful art form. Like, even, even going back when you looked at, like, Gordy and El Santo, they may have had some really stock some really stock moves but they made those beautiful and you know it wasn't you know it was it was chavo and gordy who started introducing the more aerial aesthetics and kind of pushing the art forward but there was this idea of throwing back to to the traditions that came before you and honoring those but also pushing forward the art form itself into something new and different And, you know, you can see it all when, when you tune in to really any, any bout. You can see it. You can see the traditional kind of really stock moves from, you know, back in the day where it, it might be an arm bar or it might be like a hand grip or a foot stomp. And it's a really sim simple move, but it harkens back to this tradition. And then you see these incredible aerial, like, maneuvers that, like, frankly... They, they put a, they put a, a, a knot in my stomach every time because I'm like, wow, this person has just jumped 30 feet and done three somersaults to land on another 300-pound individual. And, and that kind of just beautiful translation of an entire history of art that goes back at this point almost 100 years. And for us at Attack Fair Press, you know, we... We want to honor what's come before, but we also want to say, you know, we're not, we're not here just to, to rehash what's been there. We're also here to, to very much celebrate the artists that are alive and, and taking those traditions and moving them forward in a, in a synthesis of what was before and what was now. You know, I was at um, the Laguna Art Museum um, checking out the collection from the uh, self-help uh, self center in L.A., and they were a Chicano rights arts organization. They did a lot of um, prints. They did a lot of letterpress. Um, but they really kind of defined the Chicano um, poster style that was the 1970s and 80s. And even in that, that collection, um, which is a beautiful collection, if you have a chance, go see it. Uh, if you have a chance to, to support Self-Help Center, they're still there, still operational. Um, but there's a great moment where you're looking at some of the first work, which was about, you know, immigration, farm work, 
um, that kind of take on the Mexican-American identity and Chicano identity. And then you look later down the line and you see the more graffiti style, the, the more like barrio style. And I was talking to the curator, I had the, the pleasure to talk to the curator, and she was like, yeah, it was 10 years between when this was happening over here and then when they kind of said, okay, this is also Chicano art. And celebrating that and so we have this long history of progression and inclusion and diversity of voices that like we at attack bear press want to celebrate because you know here in western mass there are this incredibly it's an incredibly diverse group of people that oftentimes we don't necessarily go to in our thought process when we you know we have the largest population here in Holyoke it's the largest population of Puerto Rican people outside of Puerto Rico like you know that comes with a style and an aesthetic all in itself and it's right next door to East Hampton which had this Polish and Russian population and which is right next to Northampton with its LGBT plus community and how all of that merges and and for us at Attack Fair Press, we were like, okay, we want everybody in a room. With that, that is our goal, to have everyone in the room, everyone at the table. You know, we feel very lucky right now. We've just started a series of workshops with the poet Nicole Young, who, uh, Nicole's an amazing artist, and she's going to be facilitating a group of workshops for us called the Overarching uh, 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 name of it is the Second Awareness Poetry Workshops, and Nicole Nicole's section is going to focus on identity and you know learning and creating and growing in your own identity through writing and through uh, exploration of writing. Um, you know we're blessed that the Northampton Cultural Council is supportive of that and giving us a, giving us funds to support it. But you know one of the things that we wanted to do was make sure that it was, and I, I really don't like this term, but it communicates well what it is. It's you know a minority majority space you know six six of the ten spaces in the workshop are actually held for people of color or other marginalized communities in our area um, it's free to the public so if you if you're interested in taking part uh, you can go to attackfairpress.com and enter your submission there is a selection process because seats are limited but we wanted to create a space in which you know those voices had had really they were going to be the, the, the most represented at the table um, because to us, you know, it's, it's important. It's important to, to shift those dyna dynamics. And it's one of the things that, you know, we try to do across the board is always put forward what we're doing, but shift the dynamic just, uh, just enough so that it, it's truly representative of what we feel is the diversity of the arts community here. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good time had by all. <laughs> What are some of the additional projects that Eloso has in mind, uh, aside of, of the events that you mentioned? So um, Eloso, right off the bat, we're going to be doing another Arroyo of Mythical Creatures. Um, the last time Eloso did an Arroyo, it was a chupacabra. We had a chupacabra, uh, El Kakui, we had a thunderbird. And those, those three kind of made up the Arroyo at that point. Um, we invited folks to come down and to create their own mythical creature, whether it be from their cultural, their cultural history, their cultural identity, or whether it be a completely imaginary creature to add to their Arroyo. So we're going to be switching out some, some of the creatures. Um, I'm not going to go too much, <laughs> too much in depth. Um, the Thunderbird will be back, but everything else is going to be gone. Um, 
you know, I it, doing the Kukui initially, I was a little, <laughs> I was a little like, well, the, this is this is the boogeyman. How am I going to represent the boogeyman to really talk to people? So we'll be doing that again. El Oso Azul is going to be doing some poetry, some some poetry stuff because El Oso Azul also does poetry because he's not a fighter, he's a lover. So we'll be doing some uh, El Oso Azul centered projects with the No No Project, which is our music and poetry project. And then El Oso Azul is going to be taking some time to do some more um, painting work. <laughs> like So I dropped off one of the, the paintings to, to Johan and Radio Plasma that this is from El Oso's uh, uh, bad quinceañera photos. Um, so it's a collection of kind of abstract work um, done in, I've been working with a, a collage style for a while now where we're painting over collage and trying to create a synthesis that represents, you know, multi-heritaged individuals. And, you know, one of the things, quinceañera is, is such a kind of ubiquitous Latino thing. Um, but, you know, when, when I was growing up, this June was around quinceañera season for some reason, and I don't know why. I think it's just because it was lovely out. So, like, I know I know this many people couldn't be born in June. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you'd go to the um, specifically Heritage Park um, by my house in East LA, um, and you'd see all of these quinceañera photos happening. And there were, I, I got kind of got fascinated with the idea of the bad quinceañera photo, the one that like didn't didn't truly represent kind of how beautiful of an event it was. And so with these, we're doing um, a series of uh, male faces in quinceañera dresses. So yeah, that's, that's Eloso's next year uh, is kind of in that realm. Um, and we're hoping to add a few more projects. We're going to be bringing out some artists from El Centro and Mexicali that Eloso is going to do some stuff with that I, I, I don't feel super comfortable talking about right now, um, mainly because I want everyone to be surprised. But um, yeah, we're, we're working with Community Foundation of Western Massachusetts. We're working with a couple other um, sponsors to bring these artists here to New England and kind of, you know... For me, it's I'm I'm hoping everyone packs corn asada with and, and tortillas and brings them to me, but um, really is a way to kind of widen our circle. So, yeah, that's that's the next year. Hmm, carne asada. <laughs> that's another perfect way to connect people. Oh yeah. And art. Oh yeah. Make sure tortillas are corn. <laughs> Try them if you haven't. If you haven't, um, and a big shout out again to, to Kennedy's Market in, in El Centro and Heber, um, California. You know the the crowned king of California Cornisada, and that's not just me talking. That's their ten plus years winning the the Cornisada Cup in, in in across the state. I think they actually got retired and they're not allowed to play anymore. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so. Hopefully we'll be able to have a carnesada here soon because I've been dying to do a cookout. So so also, what will be some of your loving advice for our audience? Oh, loving advice. Um, first and foremost, from El Oso Azul, is um, keep your own conscience. A luchador knows what his values are and doesn't need someone else to tell them what their values are. They know right and wrong. Always stand up for the little guy because if you're in a position of power and you're in a position of strength, it's your duty to ensure that those who have less than you are protected. And always get back up. Always get back up. Even in your counted out, you get back up and you come back to the ring the next time. 
So those, the, those would be my, my advice for everyone here in Western Massachusetts. Also, thank you so much for this amazing time and conversation and definitely an invitation for everyone listening to check out attackbirdpress.com to follow up all, all of your activities, yes. your Instagram feed as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, you can find us at attackbearpress.com for our website, at attackbearpress on both Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. You know, we, we're always doing stuff out there, so please, if you see us, come up and give us a hug. We kind of, we're, we're really just here to try to bring a little magic and a little bit of, you know, beauty to our community and to bring everybody in because that's, you know, really what we're about. Um, we're not fighting bears, we're loving bears. So... <laughs> This is our conversation with Eloso Azul, also representing Attack Bird Press. And yeah, it's all about arts and about poetry and about sports and culture, representation and fun. Yes. Everything in the name of fun. Everything in the name of fun. If, when, we're, when we're having fun, we're, we're too busy to do anything else. <laughs> also, muchas gracias for being here. Muchas gracias. De nada. Thank you. This is a conversation with Eloso Azul on Radio Plasma. And more information also available in the posting of this session on radioplasma.com. With this, we conclude our session that has been recorded in the New England Media Lab studio inside the Gateway City Arts in Holyoke, Mass. I'm Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.